is 520 and this is the KDLL Evening News for Friday, February 9th on 91.9 FM Kenai Soldatna. Listener supported public radio for the central Kenai Peninsula. I'm Riley Board. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up, the first death from Alaska pox is documented in a Kenai Peninsula man, and a local bazaar offers an opportunity for those who still need to get someone a Valentine's Day gift. But first, officials with South Central's natural gas utility, which relies on production from Cook Inlet, told lawmakers this week that solutions to a looming natural gas shortage could take longer than expected. In a joint House and Senate Resources Committee meeting Wednesday, an executive from natural gas company NSTAR said imported natural gas likely won't be available until at least 2030. In 2022, primary inlet producer Hillcorp told Railbelt Utilities it may not be able to fulfill gas contracts when they're up. That will impact utilities like Homer Electric Association and NSTAR. Wednesday's presentation followed a weeks-long cold snap, which pushed NSTAR to the brink. The utility's president, John Sims, told lawmakers it almost ran out of gas to provide to Anchorage during the coldest days. Uh, I've been here for 18 years, and that was the closest uh, that I've ever witnessed us coming to a significant uh, incident. Sims thanked gas producers and the governor for their help in the incident, but warned that it could be a sign of worse to come. NSTAR serves about 150,000 customers in Anchorage, the Matsu, and most of the Kenai Peninsula. Its storage facility, Cook Inlet Natural Gas Storage Alaska, or SINGSA, is located in Kenai, and Sim said on cold days, it helps meet gas demands for 40% of customers. Sims told lawmakers that NSTAR and other utilities have investigated possible solutions for when their Hillcorp contracts end, many in 2028, like importing natural gas. But those investigations revealed a grim reality. But what the studies and what the con- uh, contractors and consultants told us, of the four projects that rose to the top and seemed to be the most reliable, none of them can meet that time frame. So the earliest they expect they can get gas from an imported solution is 2030. He said that delay is likely the result of federal permitting processes. He also warned that imported gas will come at a higher cost, about 60% higher than current rates. But Sims said even though importing gas isn't ideal, it will become necessary. Importing LNG is the second worst thing that Alaska could do. Uh, It's bad for the economy. It's bad for jobs. We lose our energy independence. It's a horrible thing for Alaska. But that's the second worst thing. The worst thing is doing absolutely nothing. And that's where we're in a position to do now. We, We can't do that. The committee also heard from companies like Hillcorp, Hex Fury, and Bluecrest about their challenges producing gas in Cook Inlet. In his presentation, Hillcorp's senior vice president, Luke Sauger, pushed back against conceptions about the producer's waning investment in Cook Inlet. We uh, are investing today really at probably the highest level we ever have, and uh, we're committed to fully developing our leasehold, right? So we're not moving to the North Slope and abandoning the basin. But he did say Hillcorp's current leases do not contain enough gas to meet the rail belt's demands. And that's why utilities are having to look elsewhere. 
Smaller producers, including Alaska-based Hex Fury, also presented. Mark Slaughter, chief commercial officer, described struggles with some of the company's gas wells and told lawmakers it's hard to make long-term investments in Cook Inlet under the threats of gas imports and renewable energy. Slaughter voiced support for royalty reduction considerations, a solution that many Alaska politicians, including Governor Mike Dunleavy, have pitched. But Sojay from Hillcorp said for the larger company, it's not clear how much of an impact reduced royalty rates would have. The legislature is set to have hearings on related issues in the coming weeks. A Kenai Peninsula man who was immunocompromised died late last month from the Alaska pox virus. That's according to a state health department bulletin released today. He's the first known person to die from the Alaska pox virus and only the seventh reported case. Alaska Public Media's Rachel Cassandra has more. Alaska pox was discovered in the state in 2015. It's related to other orthopox viruses like smallpox, cowpox, and monkeypox. Epidemiologist Dr. Julia Rogers works for the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and is assigned to the Alaska Division of Public Health. She says the virus usually infects animals. Orthopox viruses are zoonotic viruses, meaning that they circulate primarily within animal populations with spillover into humans occasionally. Rogers says she expects Alaska pox infections to remain rare. And she says it's unlikely someone who is not immunocompromised would die from the virus. She says there's no evidence of person-to-person transmission. The six other people who've had confirmed Alaska pox cases were all in the Fairbanks area. All of those infections were from contact with animals. Because there are so few cases, epidemiologists don't know exactly how people can get the virus, but Rogers says it's likely transmitted by direct contact with an infected animal. The Kenai Peninsula man who died from the virus lived alone in a forested area. He said he was feeding a stray cat who scratched him regularly and hunted small mammals. The cat was tested for Alaska pox and was negative. Rogers says Alaskans should wear gloves when retrieving small mammals from traps and wash their hands afterwards. If you're trapping or hunting, make sure that you're trying to avoid having any of your pets interact or make contact with these small mammals. And Rogers says anyone with lesions should visit their healthcare provider. Dr. Ben Wesley is an infectious disease specialist. He says it's important for healthcare providers to learn how to recognize Alaska pox lesions. Pox lesions are quite unusual looking, and I think most doctors that are valued in rash will say, geez, this is a weird rash. But if they haven't heard or aren't thinking about pox virus, they won't make the diagnosis. He says other symptoms can include swollen lymph nodes, especially near lesions. The Alaska pox strain found in the Kenai Peninsula man is distinct from previous cases. Health department staff say that may mean the virus is more widespread than previously thought. The man who died of Alaska pox was elderly and immunocompromised due to cancer treatment. His symptoms started with a large lesion in his armpit area. Later, he developed more pox-like lesions. Wesley says infections are rare and Alaskans should be aware of symptoms but not worry. We live in an amazing place with contact to a lot of different wildlife and scenery and this is just something that comes with the territory. If there are dead animals or stranded sick animals, you should not handle them on your own. You can call wildlife experts. The state recommends that healthcare clinicians be on the lookout for Alaska pox symptoms. Providers should report suspected cases to the Department of Health. 
they can find example images of Alaska Pox lesions on the department's Alaska Pox FAQ. In Anchorage, I'm Rachel Cassandra. And finally, those who've procrastinated purchasing their special someone a gift this Valentine's Day are in luck. The Kenai Chamber of Commerce and Visitor Center will host its first ever Last Chance Valentine's Bazaar this Saturday and Sunday. The bazaar will showcase about 20 first-time and seasoned local vendors. The Besties Candy Company, Scentsy, and Nikishka Sun Products are just a few of the featured vendors. Candles, jewelry, and other handcrafted items will be available for purchase at the event. Samantha Springer is the Kenai Chamber's executive director. She says the Valentine's Day Bazaar is a replacement for their annual Fall Bazaar, which has seen a declining attendance over the years. I just think that it's really important to have a venue where people can come and show their crafts and artwork artwork that um, doesn't cost an arm and a leg for them to participate in. So that if they're just dipping their toes too into, you know, starting to do these kind of things, it's kind of a great entryway into that um, without, you know, being overwhelming. The Last Chance Valentine's Bazaar will be held at the Visitor Center in Kenai this Saturday from 10 to 5 p.m. and Sunday from noon to 5 p.m. And that's all for tonight's KDLL Evening News. We had help from Rachel Cassandra in Anchorage and KDLL's own Hunter Morrison. You can find us online at kdll.org. I'm Riley Board. Thanks for tuning in and have a great weekend.